I'm Dave Monaco, the Allenmeyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. How enjoyable it was to spend time in our last episode with Parish alum Charles Cook. Charles offered firsthand accounts from his playing days here at Parish and collegially at Yale, as well as his present position in professional sports with the Houston Astros as to the power athletic teams have to bring people together. Of course, athletic competition unites individuals who share a love of playing a particular sport. In the best of cases, being on a team feels like an extension of innocent childhood days, playing with friends on neighborhood yards and courts. But as Charles and I explored, athletic teams evoke so many other emotions that cement bonds between people, sometimes for a lifetime. Team members unite in a shared quest, they endure hardship, celebrate accomplishment together, they share moments of vulnerability, and derive confidence from one another. Sports teams, especially at the youth and high school level, create an authentic learning environment where we come to understand important lessons about ourselves and hone our skills, being effective, contributing members of a group. As a follow-up to my conversation with Charles, it seemed fitting to apply some of the conversation points he and I explored to the interscholastic sports experience here at Parrish. Of course, my occasional co-host, Amari Hayes, has been a dedicated Panther athlete in his four years at Parrish, so Amari and I have invited a few guests to join us in this episode to talk about how their Parrish athletic experience has shaped who they have become. Joining us today will be Athletic Director Brett McCabe and two of Omari's senior classmates, Christian Benson and Sarah Haga. I think you will enjoy hearing from them as to what their athletic experience at Parrish has taught them about the power of teams and how our captain's leadership program has helped equip them with skills to forge cohesive groups of people in their futures as bold leaders. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. This is the From Our Angle edition. So glad to have my co-host, Damari Hayes, back with me. How are you, Mari? I'm doing well. Uh, senior year is coming to a slow end. <laughs> but it's but, coming uh, fast, man. It's slow and fast at the same time. I hope it's going well. Are you excited about it uh, wrapping up? Yeah, I'm excited about uh, wrapping it up. But on the f- flip side, I'm I'm really excited to walk into the young man shoes that's in front of me these next couple of years so that's right the big the big boy world is coming quick and and fast so we're glad to be back together my partner and I to continue looking at this theme of together which I began to explore in this most recent month as it relates to teams and how teams come together and cement bonds of those that choose to call themselves a teammate so our first episode of this particular month was with Charles Cook, a parish alum, had a great conversation with Charles about his playing time here, his days playing baseball and football at Yale, and his present work in professional sports with the Houston Astros. And we talked about so many of the elements that make team work and the uh, benefits of being on a team special. And I wanted to bring it back today, though, to talk with some folks here under roof at Parish and some of our young athletes, uh, actually classmates of Omari and talk about the power of the interscholastic sports experience with them. And so I'm glad to have athletic director, Brett McCabe and two of Omari's senior classmates, Christian Benson and Sarah Hagel with us. Hi y'all. Good to have you. Good to be here. 
thank you well, for uh, making you. the time for me in this busy uh, stretch that we've uh, that we've just been talking about with Amari. So, uh, and before to- uh, Mr. Monaco keeps going on, I would also like to thank uh, Sarah, Christian, and Mr. Brett McCabe to actually having the courage to actually join in us because this is a big ask for a lot of people. So, thanks for taking the courage out and mapping out time for us. We thanks sure excited. So, Amari, let's welcome our guests. Let's have them. Uh, let's have them introduce themselves. And as you do, tell us the team or teams that you've played on while you're at Parish. So, let's start with you, Sarah. Okay, I'm Sarah. I'm a senior. Pretty exciting. But I have played for most sport uh, through my freshman and sophomore years. I tried as many as I could. So, I was a three sport athlete for both those years. I played volleyball, lacrosse cross country and soccer but my primary sport and the one that's stuck for a while is soccer awesome how about you christian i'm christian i'm a senior i've played football track and baseball i played track uh spring of my freshman year and i played football all throughout and that has been my like main sport going through high school and baseball was just kind of a sport like i kind of picked up or no i played it for a while but it was a sport i played like mainly just for fun yeah. I just enjoy it. So I think it's really just kind of helped me. I've gone forward and developed as a competitor. And he's being yeah, very I mean, humble, you all on the podcast. Mr. Christian Benson is actually a, a phenomenal, uh, great athlete at football, actually. He's being a little humble. <laughs> yeah, and baseball, too. And sports should be fun. So it's okay to play him. Just okay to play him for enjoyment. Amari, you know, people should realize you're not just a podcast co-host you are an athlete too we've talked about it at times on the podcast so tell our tell our listeners uh, what's occupied your your days uh, in the afternoon while at parish um at parish over these past four years i did basketball my freshman year probably the best freshman they've ever seen play um uh and then as well with uh, christian these past four years i've been playing football heavily and that was my main sport and last year i actually fell in love with the 400 in track so that was something I liked as well. But other than that, and outside, it's been mostly mostly football. Now, Coach McKay, we shouldn't leave you out. I mean, you are an athletic director after all. So you have a long history as an athlete and a coach. Tell us about the sports you played back in the day and the type of coaching you've done up until very recently. Yeah, you bet. Um, well, it's refreshing to have Sarah, Christian, and Amari on this <clears throat> call because uh, they're all multiple sport athletes and a lot of times that's uh, pretty uncommon nowadays Amen. Tell you back back in my day not to age myself but pretty much all the athletes <laughs> competed in multiple sports and I was no exception I was the one that jumped from football to basketball to baseball and then when the summer came around I played a little bit more baseball and then I was fortunate enough after high school to have the opportunity to play any of those sports in college if I wanted to but I chose baseball because I felt it was a the, the sport I had the best chance to be successful in. And uh, it, it worked out pretty well. I had the opportunity to play Division One baseball, and then I got to play professionally with the Chicago Cubs organization for a couple of years, um, which was a fantastic experience. And then when I finished playing, I knew I always wanted to get into coaching. I just always thought that would be a, a great, a great uh, next transition for me. So I was fortunate enough to go on and get my master's degree. And while I was getting my master's degree, I began coaching at the collegiate level. And I uh, just kind of went on from there. And I did that for eight years 
My last, and I was at three different schools over those eight years. And my last stop was at the University of Kansas in the Big 12. So uh, it was a great run. Then I decided it was time for a, a life change. And I moved down here to Dallas and uh, was fortunate enough to coach some select baseball and then got in at Parrish and became the, the head high school baseball coach here as I transitioned into the athletic director role. So I've I've done a lot with baseball, as you can see, since I left high school. And it, it's pretty interesting to think about, but actually baseball has opened every door for me uh, professionally since I left high school. So it's um, pretty remarkable how something like that can happen. And, and I'm fortunate because it's been a passion of mine and, and I love it. So I've been very blessed. And still get out there a little bit and give some instruction and lessons to those baseball players. And, and uh, in the meantime, our coach of coach is as the athletic director. So Amari, do you remember what first drew you to team sports? Like back when you were young, what is it that really drew you to playing team sports? Oh, I think we lost Amari. You back, Amari? Am I back? Yeah, there you go. We froze up for a second. Do you remember what drew, what drew you to uh, team sports initially? Uh, the first thing that drew me to team sports, well, like honestly, being the little brother of my family and the baby of my family, it was more like of a competitive chip on my sh shoulders that I would have to to prove big bro wrong. Like, oh, you can do a backflip. I can do a backflip. You can score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I can score a touchdown. But that's really where it started. But but as I've gotten older, I've started to really uh, appreciate the the beauty within a sports team outside of our accolades of, mm -hmm. of running a 40 or winning a state championship. There's a lot of um, – there's a lot of good foundational pieces that's taught while we're at practices and while we're working out. And as Christian knows, while we're up at six in the morning working out, mm -hmm. like it's a lot bigger than us just going out and playing football. Like we really, uh, well, I can speak for my coaches at Parish Episcopal and including uh, Mr. Um, McCabe, even though he doesn't coach football, he's still, a big factor in our sports organization at Parish, and they don't really understand like how much they're teaching, like really help us and develop us into the young men that we're all striving to be. So, so you were doing it to keep up with older siblings. How about you, Sarah? What, when do you, what, what brought you to team sports? Do you remember? Well, actually it's kind of funny as a kid. And now actually I, um, pretty much I think people would consider me more of an art kid like I remember in preschool everybody played soccer in preschool and I went straight up to the soccer coach and told him because I saw it in a cartoon I can't tell you which one I told him I go there's no I in team but there is in quit I quit <laughs> but my parents were always super big on like sports and being part of a team because they said it built character and I was kind of mm. wanting to be a loner and all this stuff so I started playing like I got really into volleyball and started playing club volleyball and then when it got a little more serious I wasn't like super into it because I couldn't do like a lot of art and then when it, like middle school rolled around I joined the soccer team so I went from preschool to seventh grade soccer in eighth grade I was the captain of the soccer team which really makes no sense because if you've ever seen me play soccer I'm not that great <laughs> but I just being part of a team and having like an extended family on the field who supports you and love you like is absurd. And then when I got 
to Savage's team freshman year. And I had, we had, it was heavily upperclassmen. We only had three freshmen and one sophomore on the team. And we had 13 juniors and two seniors. And those 13 juniors and two seniors really took us all in and just like made us feel welcome and like made us just want to be on that field. And so just the camaraderie and the friendship that it creates is amazing, especially because young girls like to turn each other on each other. But for some reason, every time we walked onto the soccer field, despite like what our day was and despite if like we're not in the same friend group, like at during school or outside of school, we're best friends on the field. So just, yes, it, 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 I mean, it sounds like for you, it was almost your parents. If, if it was for Amari early on, you know, siblings, he was aspiring for us. Like your parents had a, a good hand in directing to team sports until you realized uh, their benefits for you. How yeah. about you, Christian? When do you, what do you recall as early memories of like, Oh, I want to go be a member of a team or I want to go play with other people, sports with other people. Um, I'm kind of like Amari. I had a lot of older co- cousins, mm-hmm. like when I was little, and I was and I was always like really competitive. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to win. I wanted to, you know, beat the older cousins just cause. Yeah. So I think it was more of kind of a motivation to just kind of be the best, and I guess being on a team was like a side effect. But as I've gotten older, I think it's like incredibly satisfying to like work towards something with a group of people mm-hmm. and to see that through. Mm-hmm. So I guess as I've like gotten older, like I've really appreciated like the value of working together with others to like achieve one singular goal. And Amari yeah, knows that's well said. I mean, it's really evident all of your all's perspectives on being a member of team have evolved as you've gotten older. But I mean, I think mm-hmm. for a lot of it's just like being outside playing with friends. Like that's what I remember is like being out balling with friends. And I don't know how much you all as a younger set yeah. do that, but I'm pretty sure that's how coach McCabe and I grew up. Right. So we were out playing informally and I know you way, way, coach. way back. Yeah. yeah, Way back. You remember that coach <laughs> McCabe? So like it was just like a transition <laughs> from how we grew up when team sports weren't so organized when we were younger, like there weren't all these select teams that Sarah was talking about. Those didn't exist. So you, you played every day after school outside. You just loved playing the sports, whichever one was in season. Right. You remember that coach? Yeah, and we didn't have all the electronics and all those other distractions either. Your mom and dad kicked you out of the house. You just had to go find a couple yeah. of friends and figure it out. Go play some wiffle ball or go yeah. jump on the trampoline, play catch, do something, go shoot some hoops at the local neighborhood uh, park yeah. or something. So, so maybe a little rec, you know, maybe a little rec football and baseball when you were younger, and that was about that was about it. But then you got to, to high school. But I've been interested. Hey, so, Mister Monaco. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. So, um, like. So like I could kind of get like a parallel and our listeners can get like a parallel understanding. Uh, Coach McCabe, could you speak about um, like outside of the accolades and the winnings and the championships of of sports within your life growing up as a kid? Like what are certain things that that were instilled in you that like weren't even related to football, but helped you become the man you are today and i would love to go around the table with christian and sarah also just to see if the camaraderie and the power within sports transcends time and it's actually beneficial yeah for sure amari and 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 for me i mean and I, i think we would all agree uh we took a lot of things away from from playing athletics right uh from from teamwork from being a good teammate you learn about dedication, accountability. I mean, there, there's a ton of adjectives I could use to describe everything that, that I took away from athletics. But 
those things that you're learning, and we talked about this in our captain's leadership program, and I know we're leading into that here in a little bit, but you know, these are things that started out with just our, my teams or our teams, right? But then these are things that you can take with you into your normal lives, your daily lives, right? As you start to, to transition out into work or with your families and things like that. So there was a lot of qualities that were instilled in me that I learned from that. And uh, I carry with me to this, to this day. What, what about you, Christian? Uh, for me, I think it's also like, being able to work with others and like interdependence and being able to help motivate people and like work with others to like for one goal. And also I know everybody hates his word is like the discipline of it. Like waking up, doing something every single day, having a routine and like, I guess just trying to getting like that repetitiveness every day of like working towards something. And that's really like helped me in school and everything that I want to do. I think it's really helped me like set that and have that standard for myself. Yeah, super interesting because I'm talking about together and really the power and the lessons that emanate from being in team with others. You reference those, but make no mistake about it. Like a lot of my life um, in terms of how I carry out my day as an individual is because of what you referenced, like the discipline that athletics instilled in me are reason that my my life is still routinized and structured and committed to certain uh, certain elements and principles. So I'm with you on that. Sarah, how about you? Like, what are you what are you taking away from team experience into your everyday life? Uh, per Amari's question is a good one. I think my biggest takeaway from sports, especially because like I have never and will never and never really tried to be the best person on that field. Like I definitely join sports teams to just like have a team and be a part of something but it turned into so much more than that and I learned like uh, my freshman year I played very very few minutes on the field but I was happy to sit on that bench and cheer people on and I learned that you don't have to lead by example or like you don't have to be the best person on that field to lead we, I was actually having a conversation with um, coach Savage about this what makes a leader is that people follow you. And so I have never been a leader in my, my example on the field, but rather my example in my disposition and my excitedness to like be at practice every day, despite the fact that I don't play. Cause when I tell, like, I remember the first practice this year, like we were, I was passing the ball with some of the freshmen and they were asking me what grade I was in. They thought I was a junior they thought I was playing JV and they thought like, like all these things, but like, I'm a captain, I'm a senior and like, yeah, I'm not the best, like the best uh, player, but I'm a leader because I have those qualities. So what makes a leader has really like transcended into the rest of my life and taught me that like, you can lead by example and you can lead by your disposition. You can, yeah. there's a lot of ways to make a leader. Leaders isn't necessarily the best. I mean, in fact, the older you get, like I'm, I'm not the best at much anything around parish, but there, uh, I, I try to coordinate people that are really good in the areas in which they work um, and support them in doing that. And what's beautiful about your story, of course, is that you were trained up by a heavy senior and junior soccer program when you were a freshman. And now you were one of only a few seniors with a very young soccer team and you did an awesome job mentoring them. So it paid off. Like it was just perfect in that regard. So you know, I just, just, yeah, go ahead, Uh, Sarah, I believe, just proved like a beautiful point because my freshman year to my senior year, as far as like a captain or like someone, uh, like a part of the team, 
like I have changed drastically because I used to be like one of the person like if you're not the best on the team like I was like okay like why are you here like I wouldn't even like I wouldn't really show love towards that person and this year one of our all-star players who never plays like uh Sarah uh, his name is Eli Speck he was a freshman this year he like five I'll give him five three maybe I don't, like, I don't think he's 5'3", but Eli came out to practice every day, worked as hard as we did, ran with us and did everything. And he was the first person who showed me, like, it's not about you being good or, like, you being the best on the team. Like, there's different facets of the team that we all need. And, like, Eli alone, he wasn't the strongest person. He wasn't the fast. He wasn't the tallest. But his dedication about coming out every day low-key motivated the best players on the team so sometimes as captains we got to change our mindset from looking at the weakest link as not being anything but they actually have their own little swagger and their own little two cents to add into the bigger picture so yeah that's a beautiful segue too to this idea of chemistry that i wanted to get to like this idea of uh, i've been interested in this concept of together what brings people together? What keeps people together? What is it about being together with some people that feels right and aligned and, and perfect? And when other groups of people come together, it doesn't feel that way. The, the, the group is fraying, even though they're together, they're not really together. So I want to hear from you all about this idea of team chemistry. One piece that uh, Sarah was talking about older kids taking care of younger kids is there. One piece that Amari was just talking about is like honoring the various skill sets of people there is part of it. But on the teams that you've been on that have had great chemistry, what is it that you've realized about those teams? What have they felt like? What characteristics have they had? So Christian, let's start with you. Like when you think about a team that you've been on, it's had awesome chemistry. What have been some of the characteristics of it? Um, one of the things we always talked about on the teams that I've been a part of was buying in and accepting like mm -hmm. your role. So I think it was always people kind of all wanting to accomplish something together mm -hmm. and caring more about the holistic, the team as a whole, as opposed to their individual accolades. Ah, so the, interesting. the teams that have been like successful have like, that I've been on all cared, like all like accepted their job and were focused on that job. So when it came down to it, everybody was working together towards one singular like goal. Yeah, purpose over purpose over the personal. How about you, Sarah? Do, do you have a sense of what has made for, you know, a chemistry on a team? You were just so sad to see the season end because being with those people every day felt so good. I think it's like what Christian said. It's about accepting people's strengths and weaknesses. And it's about recognizing, like, we're all here for the same goal. We all just want to be a part of a team. Like, of course, you know, there's winning – and there's losing, but I also believe like, it's really for my freshman year, especially it's what our leaders, like my captains and even like coach Savage made it. Like they explained that like this year, we're really, we, that year we probably, or any year recently, we probably are not going to win state, but we're going to go give them all we got and have a great time doing it. Cause like multiple times we've had it that like we play Ursuline, 
which is always just a bloodbath, but we're having a great time. Like I've had girls come up to me and while we're like, while they just like, they're up seven and we're, we have zero and we're still laughing and having fun. And I've had girls be like, why are you smiling? You're losing by seven. And I'm like, it's just because we want to have fun. It's the want to be there. If everybody wants to be there, it's going to be great. Yeah. So a bit of joy uh, coming from the the shared ex- the shared experience to go with this notion of the purpose that uh, Christian spoke about. So, coach, like, let's bring the adult perspective to this. Like, from the coach's standpoint, you've I'm sure coach teams were no matter how hard you tried, you just couldn't bring them together, right? And then there are other co- teams that magically or through your efforts had awesome chemistry. What to you as a coach makes for a team with great chemistry? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think it's something all of us coaches, you know, think about all the time. But I can tell you, in my experience, the teams that had the best chemistry, it came down to the people that we had on those teams, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Christian and Sarah hit on it perfectly. Um, You have to have a lot of selfless individuals, right? They're that um, team first mentality. Um, looking for the greater good, just like Christian and Sarah touched on. I mean, that, that has been my experience that when you have the right people in your programs, good things are going to happen. doesn't necessarily mean wins and losses. I'm just talking about a good, well-run program where everybody cares about each other and everybody's working uh, the same way. And then I think you got, we've, you got to have good leaders or good captains, right? Because we all know over the course of a season, um, there's going to be some hiccups and there's going to be some problems. And, you know, there's some dog days out there when just people don't want to be there. And that's when you got to have that good leadership. It can't always come from the coaches. The coaches are trying to do it every day, but that's when, um, you know, their peers, their captains and their, um, their, their leaders need to step up and kind of pull the group back together and galvanize them. But that to me has been the two biggest takeaways, I think, with the teams that I've ever been associated with when it comes to chemistry has been selfless individuals and, and, and good leadership. Well, you bring up the captain's program. I want to segue there here in this this latter part of the the podcast to talk about that. So since you've arrived, we've really invested a lot of time and effort and energy into the captain's leadership program that that you've built for us. So at a high level, I want you to explain it. And then I'm going to ask the athletes to really uh, talk about their experience moving through the captain's leadership program and some memorable uh, lessons that they've extracted from it. So tell us a little bit about the structure that you built and and how the the captain's leadership program works. Yeah, you Uh, bet. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Coachman Cape, while you're explaining your structure, uh, could you also like inform us like what your overall goal is with the um, leadership, um, with the athletics, with the athletic leadership cohort? Yeah, you bet, Amari. Absolutely. I'll uh, I'll I'll tackle that there at the end. So, um this is something that uh, Mr. Monaco and myself, we discussed uh, when I first became the athletic director here that we thought this was something that would be really good for our student athletes and would just, um, you know, uh, help not only these individuals, but help our teams grow. And then we felt like hopefully these were going to be good lessons and things that they'd be able to take with them as they move, move forward on from Parrish. So just to give everybody an idea, in any given year, we have approximately 50 student athletes in the program. They're selected by their coaches with the criteria being individuals who exhibit strong characteristics of a leader. The group meets monthly. We've, we've done it over the lunch hour because as we found at Paris, that's just about the only time I can get a group that, that size together. And even then there's, there's hiccups, right, Sarah, like even today's podcast. So, um, but that's how we've done it. So let me give you an idea of what a meeting would look like. So first we introduce a theme for the day and we show its relevance to becoming an effective leader. We then ask the student athletes to engage in a hands-on activity associated with that theme. 
-hmm. Then next, we'll discuss how the elements of the exercise relate to their roles as leaders. And then we also often have the student athletes assess themselves relative to the theme so they can personalize the information. So that all sounds good, but let me give you, let me give you an example. So um, one example would be um, the theme of the day is we're talking about uh, the different types of leaders. So you got leaders by example and verbal leaders. And for this particular day, we're going to talk about being a verbal leader. So we'll do an activity at the beginning to kind of get the whole group thinking about being a verbal leader. And so one of the exercises we've done, and I apologize if I'm going to step on one of your toes, if you're going to talk about this later, but one of the exercises we do for verbal leader is a wastebasketville. And what we do with wastebasketville is we take the group and we split them into two groups. We, well, we split the group into two teams. One member of each team had to be blindfolded and they were given a ball. Then we put waste baskets in various spots in front of that person who was blindfolded. Um, and then it was up to, and then you had to shoot the basket. You had to shoot the ball into the waste basket. Right. And then we'd pick a number, like let's say five. So the first team to get the ball into the basket five times wins. Well, obviously they're blindfolded, so they don't know where the, where the waste baskets are at. And coach McKay may have been moving around a little bit throughout the, the exercise too, but it was obviously up to the rest of their teammates who could actually see to talk to them and give them verbal cues to try to help them know where that waste basket was at and put it in there. So um, that would be the game. And then hence the point of the exercise was, you know, uh, the teammates, they had to verbally talk to help their team achieve the desired results. So we, we do a fun, easy activity, which, you know, applied to whatever we were talking about for the day, made it kind of fun for the kids. And then we'd go into the theme of the day after, after we do that exercise. So very happy asked about the overarching rationale for doing it. And what you and I wanted to build were, were, were healthy cultures, you know, like at the end of the day, right. And, and you, you believed, as you've just said, that that really starts with, with leadership, whether it's the captain, who's by title, the leader or, those students, regardless of their age, as Sarah alluded to, they could be sophomores, juniors, or seniors, uh, who can bring and Mr. Monaco to the to the to the program. Um, have you and Mr. McCabe thought about upscaling? I mean, not upscaling, but taking these ideas into other uh, local private schools or public schools? Because uh, one thing that I'm starting to realize as I'm getting older is that a lot of the times, I mean, like, I, not to toot my own horn, but like a lot of people tell me, like, I have a lot of good attributes w within myself, either that's uh, communicating with somebody. Uh, well, like, like, I can use that as an example, but sometimes as leaders, I feel like not what you all are doing, but coaches sometimes use that leadership word <clears throat> and, put it upon us without actually giving us the tools to effectively lead. Yeah. So I feel like that what y'all are doing is, is so, so profound to the overall culture, because if you just told me, Hey, Omari, go lead. You were like, I'm going to try my best, <laughs> but, as I'm starting to get older, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. What does that entail? And, and I'm, uh, I'm 53 years old and been in leadership for a long time and I'm learning every day what it means to lead. Like it is a, it is an art, not a, not a science. And, and you have to continue to, to, to learn every, every day about it. And we, we learned from schools like Ravenscroft where I came from and coach before I came to Paris, who had an excellent captain's leadership program. We've learned from others and uh, indeed we'll share with others, with others too. It is well, uh, worth noting so much. 
it's worth noting, Coach, that those 50 semi kids do span multiple grade levels. So you have tiers and you do uh, elevate the, the, the level and nature of conversation and activities they go through upper school. Correct. Yeah. So they're nominated by their coach. And, you know, you may you may enter the program your first year as a senior or you may enter it as Sarah did as a freshman. So mm-hmm. literally she was in it for four years, except we took a little hiatus this year with 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 the covid. But um, yeah. And so if, if you were an undergrad, you're, you know, and you hadn't graduated yet, you just move on. So tier one's your first year you move in, you move on to tier two and you just keep on moving. And Amari, to your point, you want to know, like, you know, what are the takeaways? What are they, what are, what are we hoping to, to have them achieve when, when they walk away from this program? Well, the thing is, you know, cause you've been in it yourself too, is, you know, there's three things I want you to come, come away from with this. You learn how to lead yourself first, right? You got to self-assess and you got to see where you're at. Cause everybody's at different points. There's no right or wrong starting mm-hmm. point where you are as a leader. When you come into this program, you are where you are, but you got to learn to assess yourself. And then you got to learn how to lead yourself. Cause if you can't lead yourself, you can't go into the second point, which is then you learn how to lead your teammates. Mm-hmm. And then once you learn how to lead your teammates, they learn how to lead their team. And then once you learn how to lead the team, you're just working on building a culture for that team. So those are the big takeaways. But then taking it much further than that, we, we want you to not only leave this program and be able to do that, but then be able to do those things in real life. Right. Yeah. When you go home or when you go get a job or when you go to college or whatever, you know, you just take it with you the rest of your life. Yeah, so Sarah and Christian, I want to dig in a little bit because Amari spoke to this notion of like leadership is just a word. And if it doesn't have an infrastructure underneath, if you don't teach me how to do it, then it, I'm empty. So like, let's ask the two of you to maybe distill, if not a specific activity, just if you think back on your experience at Captain's Leadership Program over multiple years, what's been its biggest benefit for you that you applied to the teams of which you've been a part, Sarah? Let's get it get it started. You're since you're well, the, the the longstanding veteran of the uh, captain's leadership program. Well, what was so surprising for me is like as I've stated bef- like before, I'm genuinely and I can say this with that like complete confidence. I am not the best athlete. Like I love what I do. I love being part of a team, but I am not the best one out there. And I would have been like this year. I would have been the fourth tier on the captain's leadership program. And the only other freshman that came in when I was a freshman was Preston stone. Mm. Who's like, you know, the end all be all like parish athlete ever. And I'm sitting over here, like, (laughs) what am I doing? So, but like after that, when I, we I started listening to what, like the, the, I can't tell you like a specific one, the best part about it, honestly, one of the best parts was we always had food, but despite <laughs> that, we, um, it taught me that it really taught me that leadership isn't how good you are. It's how you like how you lead. You can be and I definitely discovered that I'm a verbal leader instead of a leader by example. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I was nominated by a coach is because I'm a very verbal person, but it taught me how to refine my verbal leadership skills mm-hmm. and be able to become a better one. Because when I first got nominated and I walked into that, like that, <laughs> the meetings, I was like sitting like Preston was over here and then it was like Gordy and all them. And I was like, what am I doing here? But it taught me that leadership comes in many forms and it taught me how to refine my skill of leadership into what it is today. And now I believe I'm an actually good leader. And I I like, it makes sense to me. And I believe I should have been there because when I first got there, I was like, you made a mistake. Like I'm not. (laughs) So. 
you know, you definitely belong. How about you, Christian? Uh, yeah, yeah, just cumulatively, as Sarah said, it doesn't have to be one specific thing per se, but like what's been its big influence on you? I think it's helped me like identify like most my both my strengths and like weaknesses as a leader. I think going in, I was more of just kind of a like, like I'm the opposite of Sarah. I'm more, I was more of like a leader by example, just in like my composure on the field. And I think that helped me like identify like how I could use that to get better at being a more verbal leader, a more of a leader that was like more vocal, that like held others to a standard. And I think that just really helped me kind of identify where I needed to grow and like how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, so maybe that, you I become just, maybe you become a little more verbal, but maybe you don't need to. Like it's that comfort in understanding authentically how you're going to lead best, right? And that's I think again to this notion of leadership as a journey that we're all on and we're each individual, that no two leaders should be or are alike. And so yeah, you may have some spaces in which to grow, but you can also be a, a darn good quiet leader on a team uh, as you are. There's the somewhat apocryphal, but I think pretty true story of Christian Benson in an increasingly tightening fourth quarter of this year's state championship football game where Coach Novikov came out uh, when we had the ball and could have been just milking the clock. And he told you essentially to, uh, you know, don't fumble, take it easy. And you just said in one word, score, that you were going to score. And indeed, in the next play, you busted off about a 45-yard run to ice the game. But you didn't need a lot of words. Yeah, you just had one word and your focus and your discipline and you and you executed. And that's a, a powerful form of leadership. So uh, I think you taking great lessons from it. And something on top of that, that Christian kind of just made me think about, like, I feel like that the best teams that I've been a part of, like, I would say that 85 percent of the team were leaders. Mm. Now I ain't, now I'm not saying that all 85 were were outspoken like me. Right. Maybe some are like Christian, but each team I've been a part of, we've respected each other's strengths and weaknesses. Like at practice, I wouldn't get on Christian for him not yelling and screaming because that's not what Christian do. But what I can do at Christian A. So when so and so is doing X, Y, and Z wrong, can you handle it? Mm-hmm. And, and so once you have that relationship mm-hmm. between everyone on the team, where like respect is there, that's also like another key factor of, of teamwork. Respect, because I've definitely been on on teams where where respect wasn't a big factor, and as far as the culture of the team like emotionally about like our happiness being there and when respect isn't there then people really don't want to be where disrespect is yeah but I know what coach McCabe and I like here and there because we both know this as coaches don't we coach McCabe is that when you're not the only coach when your players are coaching to the standard that you're setting and holding each other accountable our our job as coaches gets a lot easier doesn't it yeah they get tired of hearing the coach bark every day that's for sure and then we get tired of running, too, because we coach Bart, we got to run. So, hey, come on, boys, get your stuff together. We can't be running five so Sarah, miles today. So to Sarah's earlier point about being artist first and athlete second, she needs to get off to the AP art uh, show uh, preparation. But I do want to, just in closing, ask each of you to tell us what what's next for you. I'm sure our listeners are curious as to what lies ahead for these talented leaders and athletes. So, Sarah, um, do you intend to keep uh, keep competing either uh, in a scholastic uh, intercollegiately or through intramurals and whether or not like kind of what 
what what do you what are you going to take with you uh, into into college from your Paris athletic experience? I think well, one I don't even think I could make like a club team at school, but I'm definitely going to try to play like intramurals because uh -huh. I just being part of a team is such an invaluable experience mm -hmm. for everyone, mm -hmm. and it creates just like a good friend group, and it's a good way to get out and get active, and it's fun. But well, most you. importantly, like especially with leadership, you can really take it to everywhere in your life. Like I'm about to go to my AP art show meeting where I'm like the president of the national arts honor society. And just because it's a athletic captors, captains and leadership program doesn't mean I didn't take all the leadership skills that I've learned from there to go head the national arts honor society here. Like I like take my verbal leadership there too. So I think definitely the lessons I learned through both the program and being a leader on my team have shown have become completely invaluable to my everyday life so despite me not proceeding with like collegiate sports I'm definitely going to take all the lessons I learned and use them every single day you sure you certainly will have a, have a good meeting we'll see you thank later you I'm out uh, thank you so much Sarah Christian what's up Christian what's up for you next uh what what are your what are your plans post parish and where do you see some lessons for parish athletics and the captain's leadership program kept traveling with you um, next year, I'll be at Dartmouth playing football, and I think maybe my sophomore, junior year, once I've, like, gotten into the routine, I'll probably try and pick up baseball if I can, if I have the time for that, but um, right now, I think it's just, like, I'm going to just kind of continue the journey of, like, developing myself mm -hmm. as a leader and, like, what I'm good at. Like, I know in baseball right now, I've really been working on with the baseball team as it's a smaller team working on my, like, vocal skills mm -hmm. as a leader. So I think that's like, so I think just going forward, I'm gonna just try and develop like things that I know I need to grow in and just find how to best like fine tune myself. That's like a yeah, motivator that's you, to communicate. You, you went from a, a, a you know, super experienced uh, older football team. You're one of only two seniors on the baseball team. So, you know, again, it asks different things of you as a leader in the context of the team that you're presently on. So good for you for uh, aspiring to grow your skills in the different context of this year's baseball and, and good luck as you head off to Dartmouth and, uh, and journey forward. How about you? How about you co-host? What's, uh, what's lies ahead for you? You're going to plan to do some competition in either inter mural or intercollegiate form and what lesson about, uh, from athletics and the cabinet's leadership institute are you taking with you? Um, I'm most definitely going to play a collegiate ball, either, either D three ball or a Juco. Mm -hmm. But um, and within those routes, I'm definitely going to uh, instill the selflessness part because mm -hmm. it, like it's definitely going to be a change for me being the underdog again. Right. So, I mean, and I'm used to it. And like sometimes in life you have to be the underdog. But as far as collegiate sports, I'm going in with my same leadership skills I had at Parish and take more wherever I go, be loud, be vocal, uh, encouraging and energetic, as y'all know me as the Energizer Bunny. But uh, outside of sports, uh, I'm really trying to get my uh, real estate uh, company going and my clothing brand started. And the more I'm getting deeper and deeper into these, like the more I'm starting to realize that certain things I'm going to need other people to do simply because I just don't know how to, or don't have the time to. Mm -hmm. So 
so I'm really excited about how I how I'll be able to use my leadership skills and starting up my own brand and business soon. So so I'll definitely be keeping you and Coach McKay posted on on how that's going. And, and if I do have many leadership questions about how to do certain things, even though it's like it doesn't deal with sports, like Sarah said, you can use leadership in so many different things. Building a house, you got to have a whole team. Building a table, you have to have like a whole team. You know what I mean? So. So, yeah, but just instilling positivity and encouraging mm-hmm. is two of the main things that has just stuck with me that Coach McKay taught me when I first got into Leadership uh, Institute uh, uh, athletic course. Because I used to have an issue with, like, how to deal with different people. Because I used to be mm-hmm. the, hey, you're not doing it right. Come on, man. Uh, Pick it up. Uh-huh. Da, 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 da. And he had to teach me IMR. Like, you can't talk to everybody the same. Mm-hmm. So, so just learning how to encourage and be positive is definitely two key factors that I'm taking with me in life, no matter what I'm doing. Those are great ones. Okay, you have to be proud, Coach, to hear uh, to hear these proteges of the Captain's Leadership Program speaking with uh, such clarity and, and obvious benefit from the program. I mean, as you look forward to the Captain's Leadership Program into next year and beyond, is there a priority for you and its growth and evolution that uh, you, you would cite for us as we close out? Yeah, no, it's been great to hear from them. And, and I always tell them at the beginning of every year when we start this, I'm like, I know it's hard. It's a lot to absorb and a lot to think about. But even if you just take away one or two things from this, then it's been mm-hmm. worth it, especially if you can carry that with you for the rest of your life. So mm-hmm. just hearing some of the things that they still remember and they're applying and they're looking mm-hmm. forward to uh, continuing on with, uh, it's very rewarding. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the program, just like with anything, we're always looking to improve mm-hmm. it and grow it and do some things. And so yeah, I've got a few wrinkles in mind that I'm thinking about as we move forward, incorporating uh, our head coaches in it and, and getting them involved a little bit to, to create an overall culture with our whole athletic department a little bit. Yeah, so there's there's some exciting things we're thinking about as, as we move forward. Well, it's exciting hey, Coach and, and uh, Go ahead, Amari. Um, I know you're saying of uh, at least we take away a couple of things, but honestly, um, from me to you, like I don't think you really understand stand how impactful like your teachings are within the the leadership institute uh for athletics because like i said like a lot of the times us as athletes don't have answers answers to questions we might have or like we're too scared to ask so honestly i feel like that anyone who has had any amount of time within our athletic cohort at parish episcopal has definitely taken more than just a couple of things away. So I would like to thank you for all the time and effort you've, you've really put uh, put into this program because you're doing way more than you think. So just wanted to let you hear that. That's well said, partner. We're looking forward to um, pivoting next month to think about how we come together, not to play, but to create. And so uh, I'm going to be having uh, Hutch Hutchison, our director of parish arts on with me next month. And then Omari and I have uh, an opportunity at the end of the month to talk with uh, some students that have spent a lot of time with Paris Arts, as Amari has, and uh, a couple of our faculty members there. So stay tuned for some upcoming episodes here in April as we continue to explore this theme of coming together to play, to create, to collaborate, and to together achieve great things. Great to be with you all. Thanks for your time. Thank Thank you, you. Christian. Thank you, Coach McKay, for joining us. And it was a blast, honestly. Good to see you all. Thanks, y'all. 
Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share it with friends and colleagues in your network. In our next episode, we shift our focus to another area where our powers are amplified when we come together with others, the creative process. I will welcome Brian Hutch Hutchison to the podcast, our new director of parish arts. I want to introduce him further to our community through the podcast. I want you to hear from him as to how the arts promote creativity through collaboration. I think you'll enjoy learning and reflecting with Hutch. We'll see you next time on the From My Angle podcast. 